Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. My topic today is leveraging software as a service to fill the skills gap, and it's my pleasure to be speaking with Joe Cosmano, Senior Vice President of Engineering Services with iBoss. Joe, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, Tom. It's my pleasure. I'm really excited to have an opportunity to speak with you about this topic today. Joe, we've been talking about the cybersecurity skills gap for over a decade now. Where is it that you see organizations approaching this totally wrong? So, uh, Tom, I, I think that today organizations are effectively paying off debts created by mistakes that were made probably a decade or uh, more ago. Some of those were made specifically by the organizations and decisions they controlled. Others potentially came from external sources, including how IT and cybersecurity has been taught to our next generation, how it's been marketed to prospective students. You know, some of the mistakes that the organizations made included outsourcing decisions. The training that their employees were going after was focused more on a specific vendor versus holistic security frameworks. And, and that really turns into a supply and demand problem. And that is uh, today that's already heavily weighted uh, towards and is going to continue to further accelerate uh, over the next couple of years towards the demand side. What that's going to result in and is, is already happening is it's increasing the cost to hire qualified personnel. And in turn, those uh, resources can become out of reach for smaller organizations. And for the larger organizations that can afford those growing salaries because of the supply and demand skew, they're going to have to, you know, look at some budget trade-offs in terms of hiring people versus technology and, and versus where those investments are made. And anytime you have to make trade-offs in the cybersecurity space, you know, that, that is going to increase your risk posture. So, Joe, talk to me about your notion of leveraging software as a service in cybersecurity to address this gap. Yeah, so it's, I think the discussion starts really what, with software as a service, right? If you look at the benefits for leveraging the cloud, specifically software as a service, those include reducing labor costs. It will increase organizations' time to value. You're going to get guaranteed availability from those services. They'll generally include SLAs. It allows your organization to focus on your core competency. And then another dynamic that comes into play as well is that Organizations, businesses, they've been distributed. They're becoming more distributed with branch offices, regional offices, acquisitions, mergers. And on top of that, what we've considered the network boundary is, is starting to disappear. So users are becoming more mobile. Their requirements to access data on a 24-7 basis remains. Uh, and the SaaS model uh, allows organizations to stretch every dollar by making their existing security teams more efficient. It allows them to focus on leveraging technology to become a force multiplier for them. And so, you know, in general, that's how I think that you can leverage that technology to, to address some of the current situations and pain points that are being felt based on a, a skills gap. Joe, you've touched on this to some extent, but what do you see as some of the short and long-term benefits of your approach? The short-term benefits that you're going to get is that when you leverage those tools, there's going to be a lot of offload for manual and time-intensive tasks, especially in the security space. A human can only process so many events, and, and events are generally, you know, when you look at cybersecurity, there's, it's, a, it's a very large space. 
Some of the niche components in that space include preventative technologies. And then another whole space there is, is being able to aggregate events so that you can have incident response to those. So leveraging SaaS allows you to, to offload those manual tasks in the short term. It's going to reduce installation and maintenance timeframes as well, which again, when you're working with limited staffing resources and it's, it's tough or difficult to hire new resources, anywhere you can save time and cost is going to be uh, you know, really important. The SaaS model that you're going to get is generally going to be easier to learn and use for new employees. It's hyper competitive in that space, and there's a lot of effort focused on user experience. Uh, and so they're going to get a nice streamlined product when they're leveraging SaaS. And they also don't need to worry about spending time updating. You know, there's, there's no hardware refreshes. Again, those are projects. They have to be scheduled, coordinated. It, 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 takes, uh, it takes a lot of manpower to do that. You're also going to be able to take advantage of advancements in AI and machine learning. Again, back to that incident and event processing component. When you're, you're looking for a needle in a haystack, which is which one of these events is, is really where I need to prioritize my response towards, that becomes really important. Many organizations are starting to, to leverage that, and I think that that is going to drastically help down on uh, reducing repetitive tasks. That can also include identifying anomalies in network traffic using behavioral analysis. Again, the goal is to free that staff up to focus on the most critical problems for the organization. We want to give them the tools they need to increase their productivity and efficiency. On the long term, you know, the benefits there, uh, it, it's, it's really going to translate into allowing a shift in, again, where those dollars are spent. Uh, when you can free up those resources by leveraging the AI and machine learning and, and some of the benefits you get with cloud, that opens up the doors to looking at better integrations, better APIs, threat intel, and, and other sharing activities that are going to start to improve the efficiency of, of the cybersecurity space in general. Joe, you make a compelling case. I wonder if you might be able to give me a specific example or two to illustrate how one could best leverage software as a service. Leveraging the software as a service is what I'll start with here is, you know, what actually prohibits someone from leveraging it? I think that's important because that's what I really see in the field is that I think people are drawn towards all of the things we've discussed so far, but they, they find it to be a little bit difficult to adopt uh, software as a service, especially when you look at the cybersecurity space. Some of the concerns that they'll have are around di data privacy. Uh, they're not sure about what the time and cost of the migration from their legacy solution is going to be. That's concerning for them. What is the impact on compliance, especially with respect to GDPR and other regulations? So those become barriers to entry into adoption for the cloud. And, and that's a really big hurdle that would prevent organizations from taking the steps that ultimately will free them up to, to improve their velocity and to improve their financial predictability by leveraging the, the SaaS model. Joe, talk to me about iBoss. What are you doing to help organizations to adopt this approach? Yeah, well, I think that ties right back into what I was just talking about, right? If we look at those barriers and, and we make draw some comparisons to what people are used to using today, especially, you know, iBoss focuses in the secure web gateway space. And when you look at what secure web gateways provide, it's really focused on three things. The first is compliance. The second is malware prevention. And the third is data loss prevention. 
And historically, organizations have relied on proxies and physical gateways that resided at their networks to, to offer that service. As those network boundaries disappear and companies are beginning to adopt cloud services outside of the cyberspace, as an example, Office 365 is generally going to be the first domino that falls in terms of cloud adoption for companies, right? They're going to get their email, their calendars, and all of that Office suite to the cloud. Once they do that, that's now offsetting their demand to have internal data center services that provide those. And that, and that would continue, that trend will continue and snowball. And more and more of the services that have historically been provided by internal IT and applications teams hosted out of data centers that reside within company networks and under their control, those assets are moving to the cloud for all of the great reasons we talked about. <clears throat> Once that happens, one, what companies are observing is that now we've got a circumstance where the only reason for us to have this data center infrastructure is so that we can run and process this data to be able to apply compliance, malware prevention, data loss prevention through our data center. And that results in costly backhaul, private links between offices, and users are now traveling all over the place. So they, they're faced with a choice, and that choice is do we take this opportunity to refresh our legacy approach by more hardware, uh, and then not only that, but are we now going to start deploying this hardware at all these branch offices as organizations become more distributed? So what IBOS did was we looked at how can we deliver to our customer base and to the market a solution that solves all of the problems that they needed to, but we can deliver to them in the cloud so that they can take advantage of the benefits of the cloud, the elasticity, the price predictability, uh, the ability to scale. Uh, and then what we saw was even in that approach, the way uh, competitive multi-tenant cloud solutions are deployed, they were left with three major problems. And that first one is, and, and these all factor back into the concerns people have with adoption of cloud. The first is shared capacity. How can I be sure my data is going to remain compliant and secure in a multi-tenant shared infrastructure where my data is going to be in the same system with others? The second problem that they run into is how can I continue to have my business-to-business -business trusted relationships? Historically, those were done uh, by creating either point-to-point -point links or VPN links or some sort of IP whitelisting that would allow one, vent, one organization to have direct communications with perhaps a logistics supply chain vendor that they work closely with. And so historically, what would happen is, you know, the organization would communicate with the other vendor and ask them to open up some ports on their firewall coming from this source IP address, which belonged to the organization. And the other company was very comfortable doing that because it was very controlled access. When you move to the cloud, how can you maintain that, especially in a shared multi-tenant architecture? That becomes impossible. And then finally, the other obstacle that really is important is you lose a little bit of control when you move to the cloud using the legacy multi-tenant architectures. And by control, <clears throat> I'm specifically referring to upgrade cycles, right? Even though you're moving your infrastructure to the cloud, there's going to be constant evolution to that. There's going to be new features. There's going to be new products brought to market there. And so when that happens, it's technically an upgrade happening. So when you look at a multi-tenant shared platform, it's that servicing companies and organizations and institutions and all sorts of different verticals. It's difficult and I would almost say impossible to try to find one time that works across your entire customer base to be able to do maintenance on the platform. Uh, if you're working with an organization, perhaps in retail, 
they're going to have very different peak business hours as compared to a financial institution who's going to be focused on market hours. So what iBoss has done is solve those problems. The way we do that is we provide dedicated, non-shared capacity for customers using our patented node-based architecture. That allows companies to have full control over upgrade cycles. It allows them to perform the same IP whitelisting that they're used to doing with their own things. So they're getting the benefits of the cloud with the same control they had over their uh, physical appliances of the past. And so that's what we're really doing differently that is going to allow customers to break through those barriers that have been concerns with cloud adoption in specifically the cybersecurity uh, secure web gateway space. Well, Joe, very well said. Now, I know this is an issue that you care a great deal about. Tell me how you personally have been helping organizations address this global skills gap. So, Tom, uh, you know, obviously on a day-to-day -day basis here at iBoss, I'm working with customers across the globe to inform them about what we're doing here and work with them to implement this software. As well as that, I like to look at the whole big picture. And, and as you said, we have, a, we have a global skills gap. So I've personally been involved with our local universities here to help on steering committees. Uh, I'm very much passionate about the next generation of cybersecurity practitioners and leaders as well. Uh, so I invest quite a bit of personal time attending those events and helping to drive curriculum towards cybersecurity. That effort has already contributed significantly. The, new, the local universities in, in my area here uh, are now offering programs that are focused around cybersecurity. And it's something that I care very much about and look forward to continuing to do so that we can marshal in the next, uh, the next generation of leaders. Very good, Joe. Thanks so much for your time and insight today. Oh, you're welcome, Tom. It was uh, great being here. We've been talking about leveraging software as a service to fill the skills gap, and I've been speaking with Joe Cosmano. He's Senior Vice President of Engineering Services with iBoss. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.